Well, good morning, CityGate Church and all of our online guests today. Today, we're carrying on with the second part of a two-part series um, that I've really based out of Ephesians chapter 3. And the verse is this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or imagine or think according to the power that works inside of us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. That's an incredible verse that tells us that God wants to amaze us. God wants to show himself strong. God wants to knock our socks off. God wants to show us things that we've never seen before. Give us experiences that we've never experienced before. All in his goodness and all for his plan and for his purpose. But so often the thing that restricts that from happening is the way we think and the way we imagine and our expectations. So we covered um, on the uh, last Sunday about the fact that we need to change the way we think. And so often in the Bible, there's an expression, yeah, there's all of this, but God. So all of this can go wrong. Yeah, but God is going to turn it right again. Well, you know, perhaps we thought like that. Yeah, but God is going to help us to change the way we think. Yeah, but the enemy wants to do that. Yeah, but God has got our back. And it's important that we get the but gods right in our minds because it'll affect the way we think. It'll affect the way we pray and it'll affect what we expect to happen in our lives. So we're going to carry on today. We've been through a number of these. We've been through the fact that God has a greater purpose for our lives. We've covered the fact that God has got our back. We've covered the fact that God is bigger and greater than I am. We've covered the fact that God is with me. We can all say these things. God is bigger and better than I am. God is bigger and greater than I am. God is with me. We've covered the fact that God will change my mind for the better, even if I've if I've always thought like that, well, God can change the way we think to enlarge our experience. So we're going to carry on today. And um, I'm going to start with Acts chapter 13, verses 28 to 30. And it says this, For though they found no cause of death in Jesus to kill him, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. Now when they had fulfilled all that was in the Old Testament about him, they took him down from the tree and they laid him in a tomb, but God raised Jesus from the dead. One of the most fantastic verses in the whole Bible. But God the Father raised God the Son from the dead on the third day. My, um, what is it? My sixth point today is this. This is going on from last week. Is that God has got a plan. God has got a plan. You know what? God is prepared to amaze me even though the enemy looks like he's winning. Even if it looked like Jesus Christ was dead and gone, God had a plan. Even though it appeared like Joseph was in the prison cell, God had a plan. See, God has got a plan for everything. God knows what he wants to do. He knows how he wants to do it. And it's important that we understand that but God raised Jesus from the dead can apply to each and every one of us in every circumstance. But God has got a plan to turn your situation around. But God has got a plan to bring healing into your body. But God has got a plan to prosper your... Um, 
um, job and your finances and your business, but God has got a plan to breathe through in the city of London at this time, but God has got a plan to cause the church to go from strength to strength. God's always got a plan. Let's get hold of God and we get hold of God's plan. As we pray, as we spend time in prayer and in praise and in God's word, then his plan is revealed into our lives. You know what? Sometimes God wants to show us his plan you know, ahead of time, so we're involved in the plan. Other times we think, you know what, it's all over and all of a sudden God moves and he surprises the life out of us, as it were. You know what, God has got a plan. I want to encourage you as we go through the next few months of 2020, God has got a plan. On the back of this church hall here, we've got a dream wall with all the dreams that we have. God has got a plan to bring your, your dreams through to fulfillment. The Bible says a dream comes to pass through much activity. God's got a plan for that activity to take place. God's got a plan to open doors which no one can shut. God's got a plan to help you to go through each and every situation that you're facing over the next few months. God has got a plan. It's not the plan of the world. It's God's plan. It's not just a normal plan. It's a supernatural plan. God has got a plan for your life. I want to say, can, you, can I hear an amen right now? I'd like to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. It says this, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen those things that are not to bring to nothing the things that are. Well, it's a bit of an unusual sort of a verse, but it basically says that I can be confident that it doesn't depend on my own ability. It depends on what God can do in me and through me. I love this verse. It says that even if the enemy really wants to intimidate me and say that I'm a nothing, I haven't got any hope, I haven't got any strength, I haven't got any skills, I haven't got any giftings, you know what, all the things that the enemy wants to throw in, it's not true because God has equipped all of us with great things. But you know what the enemy does, he comes in and says you're useless, he comes in and says you can't do it, that you're a nobody, you know what, don't even bother trying, it's not worth it because it's not going to work. The enemy comes in and tries to intimidate our lives. But I love this verse. It says, but God has chosen the foolish things to put to shame the things that think they're wise. And you know what? I'm so confident in God. And this is where we get our confidence from. And I want to encourage you to have a confidence in God that it doesn't matter who you are in the natural. It's who you are as a child of God that makes all the difference. God has chosen the foolish things. Even if we are foolish, even if we haven't got what it takes, even if we don't have the strength to go through, God has chosen us. God is going to be glorified in us and through us by taking our lives, our, our individual lives and show himself strong to bring glory to his name to say, look what I can do with Julian Melfi. Just look what I can do with Fred Bloggs or whoever. Just look what I can do. I can take something that is intimidated and feels like they're disqualified and I can make something great out of their lives. Friend, I want to encourage you today. I don't know who you are or, or you, you know, how your um, you know, intimacy is with God and your relationship with God, but I want to encourage you this. You don't have to impress God. 
You don't have to show off before God and say, look, hey God, how strong I am. Look how great I am. God wants you to come as you are because God will take you as you are and turn your life and turn our lives into something absolutely awesome, which is going to bring glory due to his name. Isn't that good news today? So we can have a confidence that he can take our lives as we are in order for his glory to, to shine in the world today. The next verse I'd like us to turn to is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 to 11. Lots of verses, lots of points in this. But you know what? It's important that we think right in order for God to do far abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But as it says, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God, let's all say that, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. The next point that I want to say today is this, my thoughts are not restricted. My thoughts are not restricted. The Bible says, eye has not seen nor has ear heard. On our own, we may not see it, we may not hear it, we may not understand it. But the good news today, my friend, is this, that if you've said yes to Jesus Christ, you've received his spirit into your life, which means you have access to the very thoughts of Almighty God. My thoughts are not restricted to what I can think. My thoughts are opened up to the very thoughts of Almighty God himself. You know what? Yes, we covered some of this last week, but it's so vitally important that we understand our thoughts are not restricted to just what normal, average, everyday people can think like you and I, but we have access to the very thoughts of Almighty God. And I want to add into that really, if I can think it, I can do it. If I can think it, I can do it. There is no restriction to what God can do in us and through us other than the very thoughts that we think. As we have access to the thoughts of God, as we have access to dreaming dreams in God, as we have access to being inspired by the Holy Spirit, as we allow God to paint pictures in our mind, as we allow God to put dreams in our spirit, as we allow God to open up possibilities you know, in front of us in the months and the weeks to come, as we allow God to inspire our thoughts to think no small thoughts here, but to think uh, on the greatness of God and what God can do in us and through us in his supernatural way as we allow God to inspire our thoughts the Bible says as a man thinks in his heart so is he and as you think in your heart so you will be in your mind you'll think it in your mind if you think it in your heart and this is the power of the word of God it gets right down deep on the inside of us and we start to dream and we start to see what God has for us and we say oh yeah but no eye has seen no ear has heard the deep things of God yeah but the Bible says but he's revealed those very things to us by his spirit and as we hear them in our spirit, as we hear the voice of God in our spirit, you know what? Our minds can think differently. We're not thinking that we can't. We're thinking that we can. We're not thinking that God won't. We're thinking that God will. Why? Because he says he will in his word. I hope you're getting encouraged by this today. What's the next verse that we want to go to? It's 1 Corinthians and chapter 3, verse 6. Very simple little verse. It says this, But I planted, the Apostle Paul says, I planted the seed, 
and Apollos poured on the water, but God gave the increase. You see, we've all got a part to play. We've all got a part to play for God to move in our lives. This point that I want to make now is this, that as I do my part, God will do his part. God is the God of the harvest. It's so good to encourage ourselves that God's got harvest planned for us. It's very clear all, th all through scripture, God's the God of increase. I will increase you more and more. God says, Psalm 115, Isaac increased in the land and he reaped a hundredfold in a land of famine. That verse is really strongly on my heart at this time. Even in a land of famine, Isaac sowed seed and because God is faithful to his word, Isaac reaped a hundredfold harvest and everybody started to envy him. Why? Because God is the God of the harvest. He's the Lord of the harvest. But we've got a part to play. We can't just sit back and, you know, think, well, God's the God of the harvest, so bring a harvest into my house. No, it's clear here. Paul says, I put the seed in and Apollos poured on the water and then God was able to bring the harvest. You see, God's not just going to do it all by himself. There are times, of course, when God moves in spite of us, but we don't want to live in the in spite of Christianity. We want to live in the partnership, father and son, heir of God and co-heir with Jesus Christ, living hand in hand, led by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. We want to live in partnership with everything that God does. And as God leads and as God guides us, as we put in the seed, that can be seed of all sorts of things. Of course, it's God's word is a seed. Faith is a seed, the Bible says. The Bible says finances are a seed. The Bible says all sorts of things are a seed. The Bible even compares a Christian to a seed going out into the world, bringing a harvest. As we put in the seed in our lives, as we put in the seed in our circumstances, as we pour on the water of faith and of expectation and of prayer, we can absolutely be confident of this, that as we do our part, God will do his part. His part, do not take your faith off of any seed you've ever sown. It could be a seed of encouragement in somebody else's life. Well, you know what? Perhaps they're still in a place of discouragement. Don't take your faith off the seed. That seed is in there and it's going to produce a harvest in Jesus' name. It could be a financial seed. You've sown towards a new business. You've sown towards a new enterprise. You've sown financially to bless somebody else. I don't know. It could be all sorts of things. Don't take your faith off of the seed that you've sown. Don't start to say, well, that seed's dead in the ground. No, come on, pour on the water. Pour on your faith. Keep of an environment of faith around every seed you've ever sown. Perhaps you've got kids who are no longer, you know, in love with Jesus at this time. Keep your faith with every seed you've planted as a parent into their lives. Perhaps you've got seed in the ground for, I don't know, a small group starting or a church being planted. I don't know. Keep your faith with every seed you've ever planted because as we put in the seed, as somebody else pours on the water, Almighty God promises this, that he will bring the harvest to pass in Jesus name and God's going to do far abundantly above all we can ask or imagine in that area praise God for that what's the next verse we're going to go to is Psalm 66 it says this you let men ride all over my head wow one version says horses trampled on us 
I don't know if you've ever felt like that. I know I've felt like that sometimes. I feel like I'm absolute being trampled left, right and centre as stuff goes on and the enemy's trying to get in and things have gone wrong and it's not gone according to plan. And it's as if I feel completely squashed and just you know, completely out of the race. You let men ride over our heads. This is in the Psalms. We went through the fire and through the water. Next word is but. But you brought us out to a, a wealthy place. One version says a place of rich fulfillment. You know what? It can be that we go through seasons of feeling completely trampled on. But God has always got a place of rich fulfillment at the end of the season. God will bring us out into a large place, the Bible says, a place of prosperity. I'm not just talking financially there. I'm talking about in every area of our lives. Perhaps you feel like your job's gone through the mill. Well, God's going to bring you out into a better place. Perhaps you think a relationship's been hard work and has gone through the mill. Well, God's going to bring you out into a large place where God's going to restore perhaps even things that has been stolen off of your life. God's going to bring restoration and fulfillment and bring us into a large place. This next point is there is a rich place for me with my name on it. And all of us can say the same thing. Whatever season I've been in, a new season is coming. Whatever season I'm in now, a new season's coming. It could have been a great season. Well, there's another season coming. Perhaps it's going to be a season of testing. Perhaps it's going to be a, a season where, you know, things are a little bit harder than they were before. But after that, God's going to bring you out into a rich place, a large place of rich fulfillment. Perhaps you've been in a place of struggle. God's going to bring you out into a large place of prosperity because he promises he will. It's important that as we go through seasons that we are wise in those seasons. If you're going through a time of hardship right now, let's be wise. Let's be seeking God about how we go through this. Lord, how do you want me to tread step by step? A new season's coming, but I'm in this season now. And Father, I'm expectant of coming through into a large place. Absolutely. But Lord, how do you want me to be now? How do you want me to speak now? How do you want me to, you know, to pray now? What sort of things do you want me to do now? How do I step out by faith now? The rich place is coming, but Lord, in the place I'm in now, how do I go through this? And you know what? God will speak to you. God will encourage you. God will strengthen you on the inside. Why? Because he promises he will bring you out into a place of rich fulfillment. You know, perhaps as you go through a, a struggling time, perhaps you're feeling like horses have trampled on you, there will be other people around you at the same time. The Bible says, even if I go through the valley of tears, yeah, even if I go through the valley of tears, struggle, pain, as I go through it, I turn it into a spring and I pull other people along. There's so many people that have camped in the valley of tears. They've camped on the horse track being trampled. But I want to encourage you today, friend, don't camp. Don't stay in that season. Keep moving. Keep moving. The Bible says, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will go through it. I'm not camped in it. I'm passing through it. And you know what? This season is going to come to an end. And the next season is going to be a place of rich fulfillment because God promises that it, 
I mean, he's going to bring us out into that large place of prosperity. That's a wonderful promise from God. But who else can you see who's being trampled under the horse's feet right now? Why don't you encourage them? Why don't you pick them up? Why don't you speak words of life into their lives? I know you need encouraging yourself, but why don't you encourage somebody else? Because that which you sow, you're going to reap in Jesus' name. God is going to show himself strong in every season. If you're going through a tough season, we'll keep going. You're coming out the other side and bring other people out along uh, out of the situation as well. Ephesians chapter 2 as we close today. This is the final the final thought as we think on things that are far bigger than perhaps we did before and God's going to do far abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 to 9. It starts with but God who is rich in mercy. This is the God we serve. It says, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. One version says, enthroned in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. I love that passage of scripture. It absolutely thrills my heart that says, but God. Because he loves us, because he's got a plan for our lives, even though we were dead in trespasses and sins, but God has enthroned us in Christ Jesus, raised us up together and seated us in the heavenly places. Today, friends, you might be seated on your couch. You might still be lying in bed. You might be in your car driving down the road and this is going on in your ear. I don't know the place you're seated in right now, but I can tell you this, if you've said yes to Jesus Christ, you are seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far abundantly above, far abundantly above all rule and authority, principality and power, above every name that can be named. It's not because you're anything special or I'm anything special. It's because he has been raised up. Jesus has been raised up to the highest place. And when we give him our lives, we are raised up together in him. He's in us. We're enthroned above all the principalities and powers against all the situations, everything arrayed against you. I want to encourage you today with this final point. We are enthroned in Christ Jesus. I want you to see yourself on the throne right now, not from a place of arrogance and ego, but from a place of look what God has done because of his love. This is grace. This is the gift of God. Lord, you've done such a work in my life. You've enthroned me in yourself. And it's in order that in the ages to come, he will show us his extreme and exceeding glory, his love, his abundance, his goodness and his greatness. Friend, we've got an amazing future. If you've said yes to Jesus Christ, you've got an amazing future. Starting from today, we've got an amazing future. In the middle of all the chaos, we've got an amazing future. 
you know, perhaps the next year, two years, five years, perhaps they're going to be a challenge. I don't know. But we've got eternity ahead of us. And the Bible says that we are raised up together and seated with the Heavenly Father in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And He's going to show us in the ages to come, in the eternity to come, His incredible goodness, His incredible grace. Greatness. I want to encourage you today and I want you to encourage yourself that no matter, you know, the circumstances we're in as it is today, perhaps they're going to be another week, another month, another year, another five years. Who knows? But I know this, that my life is hidden with Christ in God. I'm enthroned in the heavenly places. Friend, we are far above all rule and authority, principality and power. The devil is under our feet. Circumstances are under our feet. Sickness and disease are under our feet. Financial hardship are under our feet. I want to encourage you today to see yourself enthroned in Jesus Christ. What a great way to end a couple of weeks on, on a series about you know, how we need to change our mind. We need to see things differently. But friend, perhaps you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. That's something I did on October the 8th, 1984. I received Jesus as Lord. My life changed. I was born again. I went from darkness to light. All the things that, you know, cliches, they sound like cliches, but they actually happened. God does a work in our lives by His Spirit. And he says, all the old will go and all the new will come. You can have a relationship with God. The God who created you, the God who loves you. We've closed this by saying God, because of his great love for us, God loves you, my friend. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. He loves you so much that he was prepared to give his only begotten son to die on a cross in order to give you life. Friend, have you received that life? Please don't go another day without receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and giving him your heart. In this age that we live in, so many people give their heart to so many things. They give their heart to a dysfunctional relationship. They give their heart to some in a crazy idea. They give their heart into greed or into lust. They give their heart into so many things. Friend, your heart was created to be given to Jesus Christ that you give your life to Him. Friend, I'm going to pray a prayer in just a second and I'm going to ask you to pray the prayer along with me, line by line. It's the sort of prayer I prayed in 1984 and thousands of people pray on a daily basis to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. And you know, perhaps you say to me, Pastor Jay, I was a Christian a long time ago, but it's all grown cold and, and dry. And you know what? I'm going to invite you to give your life to, you know, to Jesus again. Come back like a prodigal son. Like the Bible says, come back to God. Whether this is the first time you've prayed or you've prayed this a dozen times. Come on, let it be real today as we pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you demonstrated your love through sending your son to die on the cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I receive you into my heart as my Lord, my Saviour, and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. And by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. I thank you that I receive your eternal life. Amen.
Friend, if you've prayed that prayer today, I believe that you're a Christian. Why? Because the Bible says if you receive Jesus as Lord, then you pass from death to life. You can call God your heavenly Father. You're now a child of Almighty God. There's going to be steps to take. It'll be good to get a Bible and to, you know, to hook up um, you know, to Citygate Church or another church, thousands of churches all over London, all over the United Kingdom, all over the world. Churches everywhere who meet together to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. There'll be a church for you. But friend, I want to encourage all of us today to think the thoughts of God. God wants to amaze us. He wants to show himself strong. And as we go through this week, I want you to remembering every day to be remembering. But God is going to show himself strong on my behalf in order that I can help to make somebody else's life great. God bless you. Have an amazing week and we'll see you next Sunday.